0: Lauren Lee Chen, and the twins, Aaron and Joshua Fishman. Welcome to episode 10A. On today's edition, we are lucky to be joined by Mike Prada, NBA editor of SB Nation and founder of the Washington Wizards website, Bullets Forever. Fun fact for you listeners, Mike and our own Lauren Lee Chen attended Brandeis University together, which has an undergraduate student body of about 3,000. And yet, those two basketball superfans never crossed each other up, in the hallways, or on the court. I want to jump right in with a question about the Wizards' horrendous team defense. They're twenty-sixth this season in points allowed per game, allowing more than 105 through Monday's game, and allowing a league-worst 40.4 three-point percentage and half threes per game. This is a team that has been elite on defense under Whitman, the past few seasons what do you think is going on this season
2: well I think that they in the past they played two bigs they kind of their style funneled all their penetration to those two bigs they relied on not having to make a lot of rotations kind of your standard top defense stuff and now this year of course they're playing small they only have one big on the floor and to try to compensate they're doing a lot of different switching and overcompensating and trapping and recovering, and it's just not working out very well. They don't have the personnel for it. So this is kind of one area where the style change kind of bled over to their defense. Uh, Because when you think about it, even last year, they didn't really have great defensive personnel, but they had a system and they had size that they could funnel everyone to. They don't have that anymore. I think that's the biggest problem.
1: Bradley Beal came down with an injury to his right fibula earlier this week, and he's expected to miss another two weeks. Obviously, the Wizards are going to miss him on offense, but how can the other players pick up the slack?
2: Well, it's going to be really hard. They don't really have a lot of good replacements. Uh, They just kind of have to run their offense more through John Wall. Uh, Beal is really their only other playmaker, uh, and they just have to use John Wall more often and try. hopefully they can hit some threes. You know, teams are going to help off Garrett Temple and Otto Porter and a lot of those guys. So if those guys can hit some threes, it'll open up space a little bit more. And maybe they need to use more of Otto Porter's playmaking. But no, it's a bad injury. They really they really are going to miss him quite a bit.
1: There's a common perception about head coach Randy Whitman that he's incompetent on offense. Last season, Bill Simmons made the comment that the Wizards run a clogged toilet offense with Wall as a plunger. He's in his last year of his contract, and coming into this season, he said he wanted the Wizards to play at a breakneck speed. How has that worked out so far?
2: They're playing fast. They're just not playing very well on offense. I mean, it's very easy to point the finger at Whippin' but this is a team that does not really have a lot of playmakers. I mean, this, the analogy of the clock toilet is suggesting that there's really only one person to plug it. I mean, that might that be true whether... They had Randy Whitman coaching or they had Greg Popovich coaching. I think this is more of a personnel problem this year. You know, you could argue that perhaps Whitman is just not really equipped to teach a fast paced case pace-and-space team. You know, there's something to that. Certainly, you've seen other coaches make these transitions and adapt a lot faster with, frankly, probably worse personnel. You look at Indiana, for example. You know, that's a team that's adopted faster. But I just think that the fundamental problem of this team is they just don't have enough guys that really scare you on offense They really have one and a half players with deals to half and he's now injured. So it's really easy. You just kind of cheat off the guys that don't matter and just take and face then just becomes a bunch of guys tossing the ball around the perimeter, shooting jumpers. I mean, any offense has got to get some penetration going to the basket. The Wizards don't really have that. So I don't think this is really a coaching issue. And now that said, you know, if this continues, it'd be very surprising to see Whitman kind of be here beyond this year. You know, he is in the last year of his deal, and as you probably heard, this is a big summer for the Wizards. But I, I just yeah. don't think that this is a situation where you can kind of plug in a new coach and suddenly things are different. I, I don't think that's really the problem here.
0: One of the things that a lot of people like about John Wall, and maybe his coach probably doesn't like it that much. He's so outspoken, and so sometimes he gives really good quotes about let's say, something he disagrees with coaching strategy-wise or something. He said after the loss to Charlotte that he really wanted his minutes to be staggered with Beals a little bit more, and that he didn't agree with both of those guys starting the fourth quarter off the bench. Now we'll see what it's like when Wall is off the court, and Beals is obviously going to be off the court, but what do you think about the balance between staggering them and not?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Look, it's, you, they, again, they only have two guys, those are the only two guys that really scare you. So, like, whenever you only have one of them off the floor, you know, on the floor, your offense isn't going to be as good. And, you know, as much as we like to talk about staggering minutes, staggering minutes, you can't, if you, if you stagger all their minutes, so literally every minute of the game, one of those two is in the game,
0: they they're don't gonna play, play a lot
2: of minutes, you know, the, That's the thing about staggering. You end up. What usually ends up happening is that you know you end up playing your best players more minutes. I mean, just think about it. Right? If there's only four minutes a game where you can have, they have to be in together. At you take them out at the eight minute mark of the third quarter, or you take one of them out, and then you have you have to have one of them has to play the full twelve minutes of the third quarter, and then one of them has to play the full twelve minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, and then you add in another eight and six minutes. Suddenly, those guys are playing a lot of minutes. It's one of those luxuries that the Wizards really don't have because of the personnel. I think I think it might be different if Nene was healthy and giving the second unit a bit of a an anchor. It might yeah. be different if Allen Alan Anderson was healthy that he'd stop up some minutes on the wing. But this is like to me that's just that's that's a minor
0: distracting issue to the big problem. That's that's for yeah. free stuff, I think. I agree. I think that's kind of tangential. People talked about that with the Clippers, Blake Griffin and, and Paul, but again, they should have the depth to where they don't always need one of those two guys in. And, and right now, the Wizards don't really have that depth, especially with Beal's injury. But talking about Beal Moore, he got a lot of Ray Allen comparisons at the beginning of his career. He's an excellent shooter. I Probably hasn't quite lived up to that yet, but it would be hard for anyone really to live up to the Ray Allen expectations. Has had a, a nice start to his career offensively. Do you think that comparison was unfair from the jump?
2: Probably, yeah. But, look, the guy's only 22. There's still a lot of time. We've seen a lot of cases of players take a leap, you know, it take a little while to make their leap when they start young. You know, remember 18 months ago, where people were wondering the same things about Clay Thompson. We saw how that turned around. Uh, you see this all the time with players. You know, the bigger concern with Deal is that he now has four injuries on that leg, all the same in- kind of injury. And so that's a major injury issue long term. Uh, right. But yeah, I mean, look, Ray Allen's one of the best shooters in the world and of all time. I think that's that's always going to be an unfair comparison. But at the same time, it's too early to really write the book on what Thiel's career is going to be. Still. So, he came in super young. I think he's still growing, which, you know, may be the cause of these lingering foot-leg issues, and which means it may go away. You know, I
0: just think it's too early to tell. What about his defense? He's gotten a lot of criticism, some of it warranted in recent years, about his, his lack of um, effort on the defensive end, for a lack of a better word. How is he progressing or, or not on that end? Brad Beal? I don't think I've really yeah. heard that much. I think he's fine. I guess it's just this season that that he's had some games. And there was a quote from uh, Randy Whitman that he was soft. Um, he said that about Gorta too.
2: Yeah, he and says it
0: a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he says it a
2: lot. I think he's just blowing off steam. Uh, I don't think that Brad Beal's defense is really a major problem. Uh, I think the Wizards have a problem in that they don't have a wing stopper because Otto Porter isn't there yet uh Alan Anderson is right. injured and so when they go against these teams that have these top wing scorers, they don't really have anyone that can throw at them. I mean Beal is yeah. worked hard, but he's he's a little small compared to some of the great wing scorers in the league. And Otto is just he's got great length, but he doesn't have the foot the footwork or the know how yet. So I think maybe that's where your your kind of thought process is going there. You're sort of is getting skewed by some of those individual performances. Yeah. That I don't
0: think really are about Brad Beal. I, I think, think it's more um, about the deficiency of the roster. I'm glad you clarified because I didn't mean to say lack of effort. I I meant just that it, it looks from a statistical standpoint like like he's been on the wrong end of that. But you make a great point that if they're playing these star players, the number one scorers on all these teams, if they don't have a wing stopper, then it's going to make him look bad, whether that's fair or not. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. John Wall, now he's just 25. Seems like he's been in the league forever. Just six seasons. But he's really good and really underrated. Still has a ways to go in certain areas, but how would you assess the state of his game in just his sixth NBA season?
2: Uh, He was really bad in November, I think, by his standards. Uh, Very poor taking care of the ball this has been a major problem for him this year. His jumper okay. was not there. His defense can be better. I don't know. He was dealing with some injuries. He, I think that it was very disappointing just because he. he you would think he would be the player that would benefit the most from the style change, and yet he was tossing the ball over the court. Before tonight against Memphis, which was kind of a debacle for the entire team, he had picked it up in December. I think he really has played well in the last eight or nine games. Uh, but you know, look, with the way the team is set up, they need him to be better than what they've gotten from him so far this year. You know, they need – last year he was kind of carrying them to a lot of wins early in the year. You know, it's almost unfair to ask that of him, but that's what they need. I, I think too often he's been short of that, that level this year.
0: So when Paul Pierce signed with the Clippers in the offseason, Wizard Nation was pretty devastated. Obviously the future Hall of Famer was so important and clutch in the playoffs. But with Pierce signing with the Clippers, that obviously has paved the way for Otto Porter's development. And he's only 22 years old. Do you think the, the Wizards see him as a future star, maybe, or a role play?
2: Uh, well, I think they see him as an important part of their team. He has not played well this year either. He, uh, he's not shooting the ball well. He's missing a lot of wide-open shots. mentioned his defense still has a ways to go. He is also young, but yeah, I think there was an expectation that he was be ready to take the next step after a breakout playoffs. You know, where they see him fitting into the picture. I mean, I think it doesn't really matter. They see him as a part of it, uh, but he's not there yet, and that's that kind of that downgrade has been a key reason why they have struggled offensively and defensively. You know, if he played the level he played in the playoffs, I think that's a much different player, but. He hasn't gotten there yet. So, yeah, he's a part of the future, but, you know, I don't know if they see him as a future star. I, I think that that kind of
0: distinction is sort of immaterial. Yeah, I agree. I think it's re- really important with um, Otto Porter's length and athleticism, as you mentioned earlier, that the Wizards see him fitting in, um, no matter where that is.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, like, he's got to play better, though. I mean, like a lot of players on the team, they've got to play better. did uh, you need part of the reason this team was supposed to be really good this year was that all three of the guys we mentioned were supposed to take leaps and in fact what's happened is they've probably all taken slight steps back, maybe not feel uh before his injury, but they have all kind of not been as good as they are capable of being. And no coaching or system can really cover for that.
1: You made mention earlier this episode about Nene being out with a calf injury also he's aging. 33 this season. He's been coming off the bench a little bit this season, which is a new thing for him. And in his limited minutes, he's been pretty efficient. this diminished role for Nene? How do you think he's adjusting to that, and how is the team using him differently this season? He's
2: exclusively the backup five, uh, as opposed to starting at the four. He hasn't played a minute this year with Gortat, who... They were. They started almost every game together when they were healthy. The last two years, they've totally changed his role. He's played pretty well, but he's injured again. Uh, he is aging, and you have to kind of expect that. You have to kind of bank in the fifteen to twenty games he misses. And what is almost, which is really poor with how they constructed this roster, is they didn't really provide any cover for that. And so now, DeJuan Blair is playing a lot of minutes. They had to play Ryan Hollins a lot of minutes. These guys are just sub not NBA players. So, you know how Nene's is adjusting? I think he's he's doing fine, but you know, he's probably going to be out a little while longer and you can see how much they miss him. You know, whether he's a second unit center or whether he plays as a starter, he's still a pretty effective player, but if he's always injured, then what are you really getting out of him?
1: Right. And because of that, we've seen Washington going to their to a smaller lineup, a lot playing a lot of lineups without a true center. You've mentioned that's a little bit by necessity from all these injuries and they don't have the personnel there. What do you think of the effectiveness and the pros and cons of going small? They've even played Dredd Dudley at center sometimes, which hasn't been very good, I think.
2: Well, that lineup has worked a few times. I mean, they won the Cleveland game because of that. They won the Miami game because of that switch. You know, kind of catching these teams off guard changing their style trapping a lot you know forcing the other teams a big man off the floor you know i think they've actually worked reasonably well when they've won you know the problem is that you know that's not a lineup you can kind of stick with for a long time teams will figure it out and it also kind of illustrates that This team is so different from what they were before, and that requires such a different defensive style. And I think that bleeds over to when they do play a little more conventionally. You know, it's kind of hard to switch back and forth, especially when you spent all of training camp working on your new offense. So, you know, the Lions have been – given that the fact that, like, again – they have one good big man in Gortat who has not played especially well this year. They don't have anything behind him. So you might as well just play your best players regardless of position. So in that sense, those ones are actually doing fine, but I, you know, look, they don't have the depth or really, I don't think the talent to look at that yet and say, that is like kind of this, this wild card lineup that we can fool people with, you know, maybe if they were all healthy and they, kind of adjusted to this this system better, then yes. But right now, it's a necessity lineup that has nevertheless been successful in spots because teams are not really prepared for it.
1: It's been an ongoing theme on this on this show this season to talk about this sort of big man three-point revolution that's going on a little bit around the league. On the Wizards, Chris Humphreys has attempted a lot more th- threes this season than he has over his previous 11 seasons in the NBA. Is that something that's focused more on in the offense this season that sort of getting your big man uh, three point opportunities like that?
2: Yeah, they're shooting a lot of threes. That's the whole that's the whole idea with the style change. They did it in the playoffs so well and so they decided to carry it through to the summer. And you know, Humphreys has been working on his three point shot for a while, but again, I think they mistake they kind of lost the point of what small ball really is. It's it's not that you shoot a lot of th- more threes only, it's that it's supposed to open up space for you to get to the basket and to penetrate and get your playmakers make. Playmake. And they kind of just have a bunch of shooters that don't really scare you when they, when you have to close out on them. So teams are just closing hard to certain players, leaving others open. And it's just kind of, they just end up painting the ball around the perimeter. So to answer your question, yeah, that it's a huge part of what they're trying to do, but you can't just can't just shoot threes when you go small. You have to be able to attack the basket off the dribble and you have to be able to use your speed to kind of move the ball better with more crispness and none of that is happening. So they kind of they kind of looked at the wrong element of of this small ball thing in adopting their
0: system, I think. With Beal's injury now and, and even before Gary Neal and Ramon Sessions have just been amazing off the bench. How important are they going to be going forward?
2: No, they're good. They played well. I mean, Sessions can really get to the hole. Again, we talk about playmakers. You know, he's the only one that really gets the pass consistently. Now, whether he actually finishes is kind of like, you know, rolling a wheel fortune. But, you know, he gets there at least. And Neal's been hot of late. He's hitting his shots and he's providing some instant offense. You know, Good that they're playing well. I'm not sure how long that's going to last, and what happens to their playing time when Anderson comes back. But nice the way they're playing now. I think, uh, especially you know, with the starters playing so poorly, their
0: bench punch is important. It's kept them in a lot of games. Let's hope it continues. We're winding down. We just have a few more questions for you. Thanks a lot for bearing with us. But getting into the Kevin Durant speculation, it's been all over the league um, for this for the last couple of years at least. How has that affected the team-building process in Washington for the last couple of years at least?
2: Well, they have no contracts really past 2016. They have a wall. They have Gortaga that kind of had to give a contract past 2016. They're going to max out deal at the end of their kind of free agent decisions. You know, they're going to use his cap hole to create more cap space. Uh, they have Otto's rookie deal. And I believe that's it. They don't, this summer, they, you know, one of the reasons their roster, their kind of role players look kind of, doesn't look like it's a great roster on paper is they have all these kind of declining bets, is that they really only were offering one year deals this summer to preserve the cap space for Durant. So they had to kind of bargain, I don't want to say bargain shop. I think they actually did get some pretty good values on these players. I think Jared mm-hmm. Dudley has played quite well this year. He's been one of their most consistent players. We talked about Neil, and I think when Anderson gets healthy, he can really help them. But you know, these are players that come with their own set of issues. I mean, Dudley is is aging, and you know, Gary Neal is a poor defender, and Anderson had ankle surgery that has kept mm-hmm. him out. But they had to go for those guys instead of kind of more impactful players because they would only sign players to one year deals. And those are the guys that were willing, you know, in Dudley's case it was trade. They had only one year on his deal. Those are the guys that took, were willing to do that. So it's affected everything they do, which is why I, you know, as disappointing as this year has been, I think you have to look at it as kind of whether they get Durant or not. And, you know, it's way too early to say, but I mean, certainly the way they're playing is not exactly enticing Durant to come there. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it, this is kind of like stage one of where this team is around their three young players and then what they do this summer sort of catapults them into stage two and we'll yeah. see what that is uh, so you know they've been looking at this summer for years now as kind of the summer to kind of make that move you know they, they're they not stupid they knew Durant Steele was up at this time <laughs> and they knew this three years ago so you know I, it's affected their entire
0: team building to be Quite honest. I think that's a great transition into the last question, which is on the outlook of the team this season. They've obviously been very inconsistent, getting blown out, not many win streaks so far. And that was with Beale healthy. Now he's injured. Uh, the East is pretty balanced and deep this year. Is it kind of just getting over that period, biding their time, trying not to fall? too far in the standings without Beal, and then they should be okay? Is, is that your assessment of where they are? There's obviously reasons for concern, but do you kind of agree with that assessment?
2: No, I don't think they're okay. <laughs> like
0: I'll, I'll be honest.
2: like Their point differential suggests they're even worse than what they are. They've already been blown up by 15-plus points six times this year. That's really bad. The East is better. Who are they jumping to get to eight? I mean, right now they're in 11, right? Right. And you look at the teams ahead of them. I mean, Indiana's playing really well. Detroit's playing really well. Orlando is playing really well. And, you know, that's even before you get into teams like Miami, Chicago, who is, you know, still a sleeping giant. Toronto, who's played great. Uh, you know, Atlanta's struggled a little bit, but they have the pedigree. You know, and then, of course, Cleveland. I mean, look at all the teams they have to jump in order to get even back into playoff positions
0: you know, yeah.
2: I, frankly, I think it's way, I think they're under 30% chance to make the playoffs now, you know, things wow. really have to change you know, and that's you know, a real concern You know, and we didn't even talk about Charlotte who's played great, you know, there's yeah, too many teams cut. I think, frankly, for them to jump without a real jolt and, you know, that would be really I don't know exactly what form that would take, you know right. I suppose it's always possible that it's all clicks you know, they have, they kind of beat up some bad teams and they can kind of get back into the race. But, no, I I think usually by about the 20-game mark, you kind of know who you are. And we know this team is super inconsistent, has a tendency to get just blown out. They're really not very good on both ends of the floor. And the wins they have gotten, they've done it through kind of deception and trickery more than quality. Yeah, You know, this is frankly not a very good team right now. And I don't really see a path to it getting significantly better.
0: Thank you for your honesty and analysis. We know how late it is on the East Coast and really do appreciate you <laughs> hey, sticking with us. I,
2: it does not pleasure me to talk about my favorite team this way, but,
0: you know, that's fortunately where they're at. Uh, thanks for yeah, having me. There'll be better days. I don't know when, but there will be at some <laughs> point. So, sometime in the next 30 years, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks again. Have a good night. Yeah, of course. Take care. Thank you. Take care, Mike. That was Mike Prada, NBA editor for SB Nation, and a long-time Wizards slash Bullets fan. We'll be back later in the week with more Wizards discussion, and we definitely want to talk about the Bill Kennedy-Rajon Rondo situation.